You're listening to the Play, Teach, Talk podcast. I'm Tiffany Thompson, a speech pathologist with over 20 years of expertise in working with children under three years of age and their families to help them understand language and communicate more effectively. My specialty is in working with emerging communicators with few or no true words to reduce their frustration, help them interact and play with their peers and family, and learn to truly enjoy the back and forth of functional communication throughout their daily routines. This podcast is not intended to diagnose speech-language disorders, but is more of a general set of suggestions for children who are experiencing delays in their language skills. For recommendations or therapy specific to your child's needs, consultation or evaluation with a licensed speech-language pathologist in your city is highly suggested. The holidays are about six weeks away. For many of us, it'll be the first time we've been around family or friends in a long time. Do you have concerns about your child's language skills? Or would you like strategies to help your child's language skills improve in the time between now and your first gathering? Please visit my website at playteachtalk.com and click on the To Courses link. I offer a six-week basics course that gives you all of the specifics about how to set up your home, choose toys, and play with your child to enhance their speech development. Developmental milestone charts are also provided to help you decide which goals to work on that are appropriate for your child's age, and I map out a six-week plan to help you check in on your progress. Following the course is a live Q&A session where I answer your questions. If you have more questions about the courses, check out the Parent Information Session video at the bottom of the courses page. It gives an outline of the information available. I hope to see you this fall at my courses. This is Season 3, Episode 19 of the Play, Teach, Talk podcast, Hippotherapy and Therapeutic Writing. I'm very lucky to have Lisa Costa with me today to do an interview so that she can tell us a little more about hippotherapy and therapeutic writing. But first, I'm going to ask Lisa to tell us a little bit about herself. Hello, my name is Lisa Costa. I'm an occupational therapist. Um, I've been practicing as an occupational therapist for 12 years. Eight of those years have been with pediatrics. Um, Three specifically was early intervention, so I have um, a lot of background with pediatrics. Um, And I have three years experience doing hippotherapy myself. Awesome. And so this is why I wrote Lisa into doing this interview with me today. So um, Lisa knows that I work mostly with early intervention clients. And so she was going to tell us a little bit about hippotherapy as well as therapeutic writing. So I'll just turn it over to her. So I'll start with hippotherapy. Um, It's not a common term that a lot of people have heard of or know about. So I'll start with that quick definition. Hippo is the Greek word for horse. So that's where it was developed. So that's where it got the name hippotherapy from. Um, What it is, is occupational therapy, physical therapy, and speech therapy. Um, Those are the three licensed therapists that can do hippotherapy. Um, Separate from therapeutic writing, which is teaching children and or adults um, with disabilities how to ride a horse. So hippotherapy is my specialty. I took a level one and level two certification in it. Um, There are four day trainings to get certified in it. Um, And like I said, I had three years experience doing hippotherapy with children as young as two, sometimes 18 months, depending on the child. Um, Yeah, so um, I love the two year olds. It's my favorite population (laughs) because it works so much on their core strength and balance. 
in a way that's probably pretty fun for them too. <laughs> yes, they don't realize that they're doing exercise. It's, <laughs> it's phenomenal. Better. You can do so much more on a horse and get the child engaged in therapeutic fine motor play skills on a horse versus in a clinic. It's just an entirely different setting and it's really amazing. Okay, so I'm definitely going to ask a question about that. If you've got a kid who's on top of a horse, yep. what do you do for fine motor activities? <laughs> so, yeah. That we're not like stacking blocks or not anything like that. Not quite on the stuff, Velcro blocks, but okay. oh, oh. yeah, I get creative with Velcro. Velcro is my friend, <laughs> um, which works with strengthening. So, it's very good. Um, so, um, a little more about hippotherapy. The, the um, main concept is to use the motion of the horse. The horse is the treatment tool. Just like we might use a ball or a swing, we use the horse as our treatment tool. So we're working on balance, um, reaching outside of their base of support. Um, so you're working on that eye-hand coordination. Um, and But safety is utmost importance. So the way we maintain safety is we have an experienced horse handler leading the horse. Then we have the therapist on one side holding the child, and we have a volunteer on the other side of the horse also holding the child. So we've got four hands on the kid and a separate person, person holding the horse and leading the horse around the arena. Okay. And the, the child has to wear a helmet. There's usually riding helmets available at these places. Um, or they recommend you buy your own if you're really going to get into it. Yeah. How often are kids typically seen for hypnotherapy when they first Usu do Usually it? once a week. Okay. It's usually in addition to other therapies. Um, so I've done it where they're getting early intervention services, and this is an extra therapy. Um, they might even be doing early intervention services, outpatient clinic services, and hypnotherapy if, if able. And, you know, um, there's a cost. It is, you know. There's a cost to it. Um, that's another thing I can talk about in a little bit. Okay. Um, but yeah, so it can usually it's just once a week because they're usually getting other therapies. Okay. So it's just an additional type of therapy. Very cool. I would bet too things like that you maybe get kids' first words possibly on that horse, right? Yes. Yes. So I had a child who is about three or so, um, nonverbal autism, and the main goal was to get him to talk. And after a few sessions on that horse, learning, at first we taught him how to point to indicate he wanted to go because we had the horse stop and he had to point to make it go um, with modeling and demonstration. And, and then eventually he did say the word go. And then awesome. we would stop and he would say go. And like mom was crying, like, because he had his like, first, some kids have their first words on the horse. It's amazing. I believe it. I believe it. Yeah. But anything else, I, I'm not sure what to ask you as far as like other benefits you've seen mm -hmm. in that particular thing. But yeah, yeah. Go for so it. it's, it's, it's great for speech. Uh -huh. um, it's great for, like I said, core strength, trunk control, eye hand coordination, because we have the kids reach out to the side to get puzzle pieces and we'll do the, we'll have the puzzle resting on the horse. Um, that's why we have so many hands involved. Yes. <laughs> Um, we need lots of volunteers to make it successful. Uh -huh. um, so we'll have the puzzle on the horse in front of the kid, and they have to reach out and get the puzzle piece and put the puzzle piece in, or reach out and get a block and um, match colors into a bucket. Like a red block goes in the red bucket, blue block goes in a blue bucket. Um, so it's good for eye-hand coordination, um, balance. 
It's good for children with um, hypotonia, so low muscle tone, because it really builds that core strength. Um, it's good for kids with poor head control mm -hmm. and poor core strength. It, it works on both of those, core strength and head control. Um, we can lay them on their belly over the horse to work on lifting their heads if, if they're younger or just globally developmentally delayed. Um, and it's really good for children with like cerebral palsy or mm -hmm. neurological conditions. Um, get them weight bearing on, on both of their hands. Uh -huh. Like, so if you have hemiplegia where one side is affected, we try to get them to put some weight through that arm to help them with their balance. So there's different ways we can position them. We have them riding the horse facing forward like a traditional rider, but we also turn them sideways to get um, lateral balance uh -huh. control. Side, side yeah. yeah side and we okay. turn them backwards and they get to ride the <laughs> horse backwards too sometimes. Whoa. Yeah. So it's, it's really awesome. There's so many, it's like a ball or a swing. It's uh -huh. our treatment tool, but it's the horse and okay. the kids reach out and pet the horse. They put clips in the hair, refined motor control. Yeah. There's so many different things we can do. It's, it's an amazing therapy. I love it. Awesome. So yeah, I'm going to definitely ask you a follow-up question. So um, because I haven't done a whole lot of things with motor type, type information in my podcast, could you kind of explain a little bit what's the benefit of that kind of eye-hand coordination? How does that kind of like work in our development and help us to interact with the world? That's a great question. Yeah. Um, so um, young kids were learning to maybe feed themselves that eye-hand coordination where they have to reach and grab a Cheerio and bring it to their mouth. Um, reach and grab a spoon and bring it to their mouth. You need a lot of eye-hand coordination for that. So these activities, play activities on horseback, work on those eye-hand coordination skills. So it, it, it kind of relates to those um, feeding skills or um, play skills. Okay, yeah. And same thing with like maybe working on balance. That also helps with a, a variety of different like developmental tasks kids do, right? Yeah, and it helps yeah. with like Core strength also helps with breathing and voice uh, control. So yes. that's why speech therapy gets involved. Um, you have to sit upright with good posture and then you have better breath support and can produce better sounds sometimes. So um, yeah, speech therapy does it. Occupational therapy can do it and physical therapy can do okay. all do hypotherapy. Do you also ever see like, I know you were saying there are kind of a lot of adults around the child who's on the horse. Mm -hmm. are, is there ever like a co-treating thing where you have an occupational therapist and a PT or an occupational therapist and a speech that work together? Or? It's definitely, there's um, potential for that. Um, it's not as common, but there is potential for that. Um, if one side walker on one side is the speech therapist and one side walker on the other side is the occupational therapist, you can work on fine motor control and speech or is that if one of them is a physical therapist, you can work on, um, they have to use like a lot of core strength and, and leg uh, control. Yeah. Um, it helps with high muscle tone. It kind of helps relax their muscles. So kids with cerebral palsy that have high muscle tone, um, the warmth from the horse helps relax their muscles. Oh, and very cool. And it stretches, their legs have to stretch pretty far to get uh -huh. around the horse. So it, it, it really helps for kids that have some of those motor um, impairments. Yeah. I'm, I'm sold. I'm already sold. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. I love it. Um, Do yeah. you want to move to therapeutic writing or is there anything else you want to um, add about um, hypotherapy and the benefits for it? There's so many benefits. Yeah. Um, I think the, the, the real quick about the therapeutic writing is they usually have to be a little bit older because they have to follow directions. 
it's teaching a child with disabilities how to ride a horse. So um, usually they start with hippotherapy when they're young. Like I said, 18 months to two is usually the youngest. But then when they reach, you know, three, four, five, they can transition to therapeutic riding and learn how to ride a horse. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> Has that, have you heard of that ever ending up being like a kid's passion? Like once they got into the therapy? Absolutely. Became, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cause a lot of these kids um, don't do well with soccer or baseball. They don't do well with um, some of those extracurricular activities, mm -hmm. but horseback riding, they can excel at and they love it. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and it, it builds self-confidence. It builds self-esteem. Um, horses are also very, um, they're able to read your emotions. So if you have a lot of anxiety, the horse feeds off of that and will be a little standoffish. If you can calm and center yourself, the horse is calm and centered and will come to you. So um, it has a lot of mental health benefits as well too, and social benefits, psychosocial benefits. Oh, wow. So we kind of all kind of could use. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so there is something called equine assisted mental health therapy for, you know, um, sometimes kids or teenagers or adults. There's also equine facilitated psychotherapy for teens and adults. So, um, yeah, there's lots of ways to use a horse for all ages. Yeah. That's very neat. Else? No, I just, um, I have, I've created a list of kind of the local places around. Um, I, I live in near the Chapel Hill area, so I looked around um, within an hour's maybe commute of Chapel Hill. Um, there's only three places that do hippotherapy that I was able to find. One in Zebulon that does occupational therapy. One in Mebane that does um, hippotherapy, um, only physical therapy at this time. And one a speech therapist in Pittsburgh that does hippotherapy. Um, the rest of the um, 20 facilities I found around town um, do only equine assisted therapy or therapeutic writing. So there's not a lot of hippotherapy out there, but since I am certified in it, I'm looking to get back into it. I'm new to North Carolina. So um, I'm looking to get back into it. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, this is this is an amazing resource, and I really, really appreciate your like giving this information to parents because you know it's not something I have any knowledge about. Yeah. yeah, and I'd love to share the resources of all the local um, places with you, so you can Great. share it with parents. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate you being here on this podcast, Lisa. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, it would help me greatly if you subscribe or leave a five-star review. For additional content, including YouTube videos, articles, handouts, and help catered specifically to your child's needs, please visit playteachtalk.com.